guys, Derek here from Bomb Socks, and welcome to the Bomb Bites podcast. Hey, if you're new to Bomb Bites, it's a service from our company, Bomb Socks, to help be a resource to use. You're studying along with the Come Follow Me curriculum for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hope you enjoy today's episode. So today we're going to camp in uh, Isaiah chapter 29, which is also part of 2 Nephi chapter 27. So this is another one of those that you're going to come across when you when you read the Book of Mormon. One of the things I really wanted to do in these, these couple of weeks right here, if there is a chapter in the Book of Mormon where we reference Isaiah, I'm going to do my best to hit on these because these are going to be ones we're going to, we're going to see the most often in our lives. So Isaiah chapter 29, the, the chapter heading says, a people, the Nephites, will speak as a voice from the dust. Uh, The Book of Mormon is often known as that. Uh, The apostasy, the restoration of the gospel, and the coming forth of a sealed book, the Book of Mormon, are foretold. Now, you go to verse number four, where it talks about this voice from the dust. And thou shalt be brought down, and shalt speak out of the ground, and thy speech shall be low out of the dust. And thy voice shall be as one that hath a familiar spirit." out of the ground and thy speech shall whisper out of the dust. I really think those who are familiar with the Bible, the Book of Mormon is going to sound familiar to them. There's going to be a lot of verbiage that's going to be very familiar. The Bible and the Book of Mormon work close together with that. And so they will testify of one another. This is one of those chapters that does testify. You go to verse number eight, speaking of the apostasy, it shall even be as when a hungry man dreameth and behold, he eateth, but he awaketh and his soul is empty. What a horrible dream, right? Or as when a thirsty man dreameth and behold, he drinketh, but he awaketh, behold, he is faint, and his soul hath appetite. So shall the multitude of all the nations be that fight against Mount Zion. Now, you even go back to individuals in our own church history. You know, you've got Joseph Smith Sr., who had multiple dreams over a period of time that very much mirrored Lehi's vision of the Tree of Life. There's a great story with Wilford Woodruff and a guy by the name of Robert Mason, who was a friend of Wilford Woodruff, an older gentleman before Wilford Woodruff joined the church. And uh, Robert Mason tells Wilford Woodruff how he himself was caught up in a vision or carried away in a vision. And it says, I found myself in the midst of a vast orchard of fruit trees. I became hungry, wandered through this vast orchard, searching for fruit to eat, but I found none. While I stood in amazement, finding no fruit in the midst of so many trees, they began to fall to the ground as if torn up by a whirlwind. They continued to fall until there was not a tree standing in the whole orchard. I immediately saw thereafter shoots springing up from the roots, forming themselves into young and beautiful trees. These budded, blossomed, and brought forth fruit, which ripened and was the most beautiful to look upon of anything my eyes had ever beheld. I stretched forth my hand and plucked some of the fruit. I gazed upon it with delight, but when I was about to eat it, the vision closed and I did not taste of the fruit. Now, Robert Mason did tell Wilford Woodruff, he said, I'm in my lifetime, I'm not going to get the fruit, but you will partake of that fruit. And he's talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why there's a lot of people at this time period that when they came across the Book of Mormon, it had a familiar spirit to them. It was as if a voice was talking from the dust to them and letting them know that the church was true. Well, you get down to verse number 11, and here's where we're familiar with a lot of this. It says, the vision of all is become unto you as the words of a book that is sealed, right? That is the Book of Mormon. 
which men, now those men can be Joseph Smith, uh, Martin Harris, deliver to one that is learned, and that is Professor Charles Anthem. Read this, I pray thee, and he saith, I cannot, for it is sealed. That is straight from the experience that Martin Harris had with Professor Anthem when he showed him the characters, and he's like, where'd this stuff come from? Well, an angel delivered plates. Let me see that certificate. Tears it up. He's like, you bring them to me. He's like, I can't do it. It's sealed. He's like, I cannot read a sealed book. And here's Isaiah on the other side going, check, right? Prophecy fulfilled. And the book is delivered to him that is not learned. Um, that is a reference to Joseph Smith, the footnote there, saying, read this, I pray thee. And he said, I cannot, I'm learned. You read through about Joseph Smith. Um, Joseph Smith could not dictate a well-worded letter. And yet he's like, I'm not learned. But that's the beauty of this whole thing. I remember uh, Brother uh, Tadar Callister, if you remember Brother Callister, gave some drop-the-mic uh, talks in General Conference about the Book of Mormon. One of the things he said was, President Russell M. Nelson, an experienced and skilled writer, shared that he had over 40 rewrites of a recent General Conference talk. Are we now to believe that Joseph Smith on his own dictated the entire Book of Mormon in a single draft with mainly minor grammatical changes made thereafter? When all is said and done, one might wonder how someone could believe that all these alleged factors and forces, as proposed by the critics, fortuitously combined in such a way that enabled Joseph to write the Book of Mormon and thus foster a satanic hoax. But how does this make sense? In direct opposition to such an assertion, this book has inspired millions to reject Satan and live more Christ-like lives. While someone might choose to believe the critic's line of reasoning, it is for me an intellectual and spiritual dead end. Now you get down to verse number 13. Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near to me with their mouth, and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precepts of men, therefore... Behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. And so he's like, look, there's a marvelous work that is about to come forth. And you hear that phrase all the time, how the gospel of Jesus Christ and how the Book of Mormon is referred to as a marvelous work. Now, the word marvel has become a unique thing in our culture over the last you know, 10, 15 years or so, just by virtue of the Marvel movies. And marvel means causing great astonishment, wonder, or amazement. So the question I want to pose to you, and this is something you can do with your family, you can do it as an individual. If you wanted to, you can leave comments in the comment section where you're, where you're watching this on social media. What is something from the Book of Mormon that has caused you astonishment, wonder, or amazement? I wouldn't even know where to start with this because there's so many different things. But I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. And again, you can do this as a family as well. You can have a nice little conversation, something from the Book of Mormon that has caused you amazement, wonder, and astonishment. So back to Brother Tadar Callister's talk about this in conclusion. If one will take the time to humbly read and ponder the Book of Mormon and give ear to the sweet fruits of the Spirit, then he or she will eventually receive the desired witness. The Book of Mormon is one of God's priceless gifts to us. It is both sword and shield. It sends the Word of God into battle, like we talked about back on Monday's episode, to fight for the hearts of the just and serves as an arch defender of the truth. As saints, we have not only the privilege to defend the Book of Mormon, but also the opportunity to take the offense, to preach with power its divine doctrine and bear testimony of its crowning witness of Jesus Christ. 
Christ. I bear my solemn testimony that the Book of Mormon was translated by the gift and power of God. It is God's compelling witness of the divinity of Jesus Christ, the prophetic calling of Joseph Smith, and the absolute truth of this church. It is an amazing wonder, and it is marvelous, and I am grateful for it. I love how Isaiah saw this, and I love how he brought it to us and how it has blessed our lives. When we read about him in the Book of Mormon, we see that prophetic prophecy fulfilled, and I am grateful for it. If you'd like to check out our video that goes with today's podcast, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook by simply searching Bomb Socks. That's B-O-M-S-O-C-K-S. And be sure to check out our amazingly comfortable gospel-themed socks at BombSocks.com. Thanks for listening, and hope you'll join us again for more episodes of Bomb Bites. Godspeed, and have a great day.